Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Nile Nine podcast. We are back in a, a new building, actually. We are. We are. <laughs> it's myself, Nile Nine, and Andrea Cleary. Hello. How are we doing? Good. Good. Yeah. So, uh, as I sent to you earlier on a, a message about our, we've moved office today. We have a lot to unpack, and not lit <laughs> just literally, but also. Uh, figuratively, we physically, have, we've yeah, a lot to unpack. Physically, we had a lot to unpack. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just swanned in here. At you the just, end of the day, I didn't yeah, do anything. Yeah, we we had to move office in the last week, uh, which happened today in the end. So that was why there was no podcast last week. And mm-hmm. um, one of the major reasons why there was no podcast last week. Um, the other was that we were very tired after Cork. Yeah, we had a live Cork podcast, which you can currently hear now in the feed. Two, two part one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, really enjoyable. Uh, it was lovely. A nice vibe. Such a nice time in we Cork. We did a Sunday night Cork podcast festival. Um, both of those uh, episodes, a regular episode with Bantam and then a live one about the Cork music economy and what's going on with Give Us Tonight. You can listen to those on the feed right now. Um, and it was Sunday for us, which is very unusual to do a podcast on a it, Sunday. We were all out of so I was all out, out of sorts. Yeah, so much so that we definitely didn't stay up really late on the Sunday night. We no, definitely didn't do that. We definitely we wouldn't have done that. Didn't do that. No one would stay up till six a.m. on a on a Monday morning. Oh, would they do that? That's later. I I realized when I got back to the hotel that that's later than I would have been getting up for work <laughs> had I not booked that day off work. Just as well, like, I had the day off work. Yeah. Oh my god. But Cork is lovely. Have, yes, it is. Have I, you heard of Cork? Begrudgingly admit, unbelievable. Cork are sound. Oh, they're so sound. The places are nice. Yeah. And the Kino is a lovely new venue. Absolutely Cork, gorgeous. I've been there. I've been there like three times in the last since it opened already. Mm. So, really. If it was my it. local, I'd be in it all the time. It was really, really lovely. I yeah. have to say, yeah. 
absolutely nice place to hang out nice place to see a gig nice place to do a podcast yeah so speaking of cork uh, what else is happening uh, there is a uh, news came out today that uh, the live at the marquee gigs in cork are the marquee gigs in lots of different ways they are the main uh, big international or like international and local irish um gig events that happen in cork uh, it turns out 2020 will be the final year of Live at the Marquee in Cork, uh, as revealed from Red FM today. Uh, the site is to become a residential zone. Hey, it's happening mm-hmm. in Cork. Because I think a lot of uh, our discussion around um, Cork was very interesting. And in if you go back and listen to that podcast, um, I felt like uh, not to disparage Cork in any way, but there was definitely the conversations that we were having on stage felt like the ones that we were having in Dublin four or five years ago. Absolutely. There were such was... strong parallels between the two that were eerily familiar to me when we were having the conversation. And I think maybe hopefully there's there's more momentum now in Cork than there was in Dublin five years ago, if that makes yeah. sense. I mean, but I, I felt positive hopefully. about it, but then it seemed like there's a lot of vested interests um, who aren't interested in changing the status quo, which is always the problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, here we are. The same, a familiar story this year in terms of uh, cities in Ireland and another uh, well-known site. Well, this is a bit slightly different because it's an outdoor site that was used mm. once uh, for gigs from artists like Elton John and Brian Wilson and Kanye West and Jay-Z. And I don't know, picture this. Are they playing this year or something like that? Maybe, Maybe. it's that kind of vibe. Ed Sheeran would You're going to put picture this in there oh, sorry, with Brian Wilson? The, in the, yeah. Really? <laughs> really? On this of all days, no, I don't know why no. this would be any different <laughs> any other day. day. No, Ed Sheeran actually played in the bigger venue, <laughs> okay. uh, in the stadium, um, and yeah, it's it's always been the place that Cork does not have a massive venue other than the Cork Opera House, which is not massive enough to accommodate thousands of people, mm. tens of thousands of people. It's so. it's good for a place to have an outdoor place as well though you know like it's yeah you, yeah, you, you, you kind of need the option like yeah hopefully they will find somewhere that actually can accommodate those kind of very large-scale gigs i know um wasn't there the talk of a massive uh, arena or like stadium kind of a, a fit for purpose uh, arena space being built there which has been on hold um but we wait that's anyway what's happening i'd actually never been to the live in marquee cork gigs because no. Uh, I just haven't, but I hear, you know, I've. Uh, we were talking to Kelly in the office today. And she was like, "I went to see Cascada. Do you remember Cascada? I do remember. Yeah, Cascada. yeah. When she was in school, I, maybe I shouldn't tell this, but anyway, it's fine. Uh, she won't mind. I didn't um, think Kelly would remember Cascada. No, she was in school. She's in school. Yeah, it was that vibe. <sighs> Legend. Yeah, yeah. And Kanye West played in uh, once in the live in the marquee in Cork. I think he had a giant spaceship, if I remember correctly. And then he didn't he go to like the venue afterwards? There's a story about. He went to like the pub afterwards. <laughs> Did everyone, he? Everyone used to end up in the pub, basically, including Kanye. Yeah. Speaking of Kanye. Speaking of Kanye. What's going on? Do we have, is is Kanye coming? It seems like Kanye's coming. It seems like it's tomorrow. Like I, the last time it seemed like it was coming out tomorrow, I wouldn't have put any money on it. But this time there's been pre-orders, there's been pre-sales. Um, the Jesus is King film is going to be screened even here in Dublin, in Cineworld in Blanche. and Blanche. Yeah. yeah. 10 a.m. Um, on Saturday and Sunday. 10 a.m. Saturday. I believe they're sold out. So I, uh, don't, I don't think. Luke here can... in the office got one of the first tickets for it. Yeah. yeah. He's going. He's definitely going. So I would back. go, but I'm going away and I'm absolutely raging. But um, yeah, so today Kanye's 
I think his YouTube account posted a behind the scenes look at the making of the film and included in that is, you know, gospel performances and what looks like, you know, live live recordings of what will hopefully be the album. And to me, that was the first time in a while, because I've been extremely jaded about this whole Jesus is King thing. Yeah. Um, Not in a way where I think it's going to be bad, because I keep having conversations with a lot of people where they say it's going to be bad, it's going to be bad. And I'm like, well, look, that's not helping anybody <laughs> saying that. Like, it's not. Well, it just has all the hallmarks of something that is going to be I an absolute travesty. I really don't think so. <laughs> I think a Kanye West gospel album has been something I've wanted since Jesus Walks. Do you know what got me, though, is that, like, I saw some of the, the things he's been saying about why he's mining the Bible. And he was like... Look, no, the thing yeah, is, you the, don't was, listen to Kanye talk about his yeah, music. But he you like, just listen to his King, music. King James Bible. And he's like, oh, they used ye a lot, like yay. <laughs> so I really like that. So I've used a lot of that. I was like, okay, this is just an ego. It's, it, it's still an ego thing. I know, but I think that nobody does ego like Kanye. Listen, by the time this podcast is out, it probably won't be out, but it will be it out will be soon. Out. I don't think it's going to arrive at midnight on on, oh, on, on Friday. Oh I think God, it's going to be like 8 a.m. or um, 10 or like American time. Yeah, It'll okay. be American time. Mm. Um, and we don't know what format it's going to arrive in. Maybe you can only buy a cassette. They're taking pre-orders for a while on the website. But there's, there's no the signs that it's going to be available to stream. Really? Um, the, the, no, nothing's been said about it that I've seen anyway. Mm. So I don't know. But it's, if it's coming on Friday, what does that mean? I don't know. Maybe what like you, there, you can is, buy it on iTunes or something like it's 2001. Oh, God. But um, yeah, we don't know. Who knows? Anyway, yeah. This is all speculative by the time this podcast comes out. Hopefully you will have heard it and then it won't be an issue and you you will know more than us. Than and you can tune right into our Kanye special next week. I'm hopefully. sure we will probably yeah. be talking about Kanye next week. Absolutely. Mm, we will. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. And we might Either even, way, because if it doesn't come, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. We might even get Luke. Well, at least we can get Luke in to have a chat about the film and, and yes, tell us what he thinks. Definitely. For definitely. Sure. Yeah. Um, Luke, if you're listening, we're going to get you. Yeah. Uh, Keep next week free. Sorry. Okay. So in other uh, kind of legal wrangling, there was I don't know if there was legal wrangling with Kanye stuff, but it was more, yeah, it might have felt like the machinations of the music industry. In industry news, uh, don't go yet, wait, come back. Um, <laughs> Lizzo has not one, but two songwriting disputes on the same song. You will know her track, uh, Truth Hurts, of course. Uh, probably the biggest track. Is it the biggest track in America, like, this year, other than Old Town Road? Oh, it's yeah, certainly, probably. like, one of the most popular songs of the year. It's certainly culturally probably the most impactful yeah. track we've had. A lot of this comes back to the uh, very first line in the track. Um, actually, let's just play it. Um, and give you a flavor for it in case you... Well, actually, I, I can't play it because I've got these two versions together. So I have to explain it. Okay. So obviously the first line in the song is, I just took a DNA test. Uh, turns out I'm 100% that bitch, right? Um, that was something that was tweeted originally by uh, somebody called Mina Linus. Um, and it was like 2017 or something like that. Um, that tweet was seen by Lizzo and people included involved in this song mm-hmm. uh, and they uh, incorporated it into the song um, this week Lizzo has given a songwriting credit to Mina Lioness for her tweet Yeah. so a tweet has uh, made it into a song inspired uh, this song didn't that happen with um, Beyonce's it did yes the, the Ezra Koenig thing uh, for Hold Up um, so it, it was the um, the yeah yeah yeah's track is 
is maps. And then Ezra Koenig from Vampire Weekend tweeted, hold up, they don't love you like I love you. Uh, right. so, slow down, they don't love you like I love you. Um, and then Beyonce or someone in Beyonce's people saw that. And I think that was the first instance of a tweet being credited as oh. a songwriting thing. Just an aside. I see. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for that aside. Very useful. Dictionary um, corner genuinely, over here. Genuinely. Um, <laughs> partly because Eliza wanted to put the uh, phrase on merchandise, so she had to come to an agreement. Mm. That is one thing that happened. But like I said there was two songwriting disputes. The other one seems a bit more difficult. Um, uh, for, well, first of all, me and Alinas said that uh, I received nothing but love from her and her communications. So I truly do thank her. It's all resolved, apparently. Lovely. Uh, I think that's a pretty cut and dry case. You can't say that, that uh, you know, she has evidence. There she has the receipts. Evidence. Yeah. She has the receipts. She has the, uh, yeah. Um, so apart from that. Were you going to say there were tweets there yeah, and then was, you backed yeah, out? Yeah, I, I, knew, I knew it. You absolute coward. You coward. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, okay. So then apparently there's a, there's another, Lizzo has filed a lawsuit against these uh, songwriters and publishing uh, people, Justin Raisin, Jeremiah Raisin and Justin Ives Rothman, right? Uh, Pitchfork reported that Lizzo is seeking a judicial declaration that the Raisins of Rodman did not co-author True Thoughts. Why is this happening? And they have no right to co-own uh, that work or to share in its profits. Basically, uh, earlier this year, earlier a few weeks ago, um, these three ors, Raisin, Raisin and Rothman, um, <laughs> said that they posted a video on Instagram. Uh, so here's the truth about True Thoughts, right? They say in Instagram post, they claim that they wrote a song in 2017 with Lizzo called Healthy, which had the exact same line as uh, uh, the DNA, I, just, test. Just DNA test. Turns out I'm 100% that bitch, right? And we have both of those songs together. This is what the video is uh, that you hear uh, when they posted it. So this is exactly what you hear. I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm 100% that bitch, even when I'm crying crazy. That is Truth Hurts, and this is the healthy version. I just did a DNA test, turns out I'm a hundred percent that bitch, even when I'm holistic. I, I just did a DNA test, turns out I'm a hundred percent that bitch. Okay, so that is a the at the crux of what this disagreement is about. So to me, they're undeniably the same song, right? Absolutely. Um, what what is Lizzo's? response to that then i'm glad you asked because in the lawsuit uh lizzo's lawyer cynthia s arato wrote um the raisins acting through their sophisticated music publisher and experienced music industry lawyer expressly withdrew any claim to with hertz in writing in april of this year and subsequently assured lizzo again in writing that we're making no claims on the work i don't know why or why um despite their clear unequivocal and repeated renunciations this assembly the raisins purported to reinstate their wholly unfounded claims after they saw true hurt become the hit and a bad fate ever to capitalize on lizzo's success well okay if they if they said in writing that it's hers then um well this is an update as of uh last night um <laughs> Justin and Jeremiah Raisin have denied Lizzo's assertion that they withdrew their claims to Drew Tart. Speaking to Pitchfork, the brothers stated that neither of them have ever signed any paperwork to withdraw their claims to the song. Justin Raisin also provided Pitchfork an email dated 20, uh, September 27, uh, 2017, in which the producer informs his team that he believes he and Jeremiah are entitled to songwriting credit on True Hearts, given the song's similar similarities to Healthy. Um, so now we're getting into fraud because there seems to be a signature somewhere that has these ores on it yeah. or there's at least the claim from from Lizzo's lawyers that 
there's some kind of contract or, you know. Yeah, they said they were never contacted by being credited for the use of the parts of healthy melody, lyrics and chords. That appear in Truth Hurts. After reaching out to Ricky Reed and Liz, those teams were fixing. We put the song in dispute in 2017 when it came out. We tried to sort this out quietly for the last two years. Only asked for 5% each, but were shut down each time. Shout out to the singer, Mina Linus, uh, for tweeting about it. So they are crediting her. And mm. now they are looking for credit. Is it a case that Lizzo's team, excuse me, think that um, the original songwriter is actually the tweeter? Is that what's going on here? No, so what... What I understand from this is that Lizzo has credited the tweeter, and that's a separate thing, and back in 2017 received some kind of documentation from these three ors who she worked with in, in the past saying, no, we don't need uh, like repatriation or, or like a percentage of whatever earnings you get from this. And then when it got big, they came at her. Whether or not that documentation exists is... The crux of this, I think, right? Because if yeah. if they did sign something, then they don't have a leg to stand on. That's true. But, but if they I didn't, I don't really understand why they would do that. Because it was if they were involved in some capacity, usually the it might have just been a, a good faith thing, like a before the album came out. You cannot rely on good faith. I know. I know, I know Lizzo blew know. up so much that, no but one... she she blew up to proportions that were completely unprecedented. Like yeah, like she she'd already had a music career, so maybe. It might like obviously this is speculation. No matter who you are, you agree on the terms. Absolutely, like you don't. um, Even if it comes a week afterwards, you agree on what what you're like who's involved. Mm -hmm. That is the machination of that like weird um, like songwriting teams who get involved with people. But surely, if they were doing that, they would have had some uh, experience with that, Mm. some agreement. I know, and everyone is acknowledging that it was inspired by the meme, by the tweet, basically. Yeah. Which is even weirder as well. <laughs> well, I, I suppose in, in this, it's not only the lyrics that they're suing, it's the chord progression. Yeah, and, you can hear you know, how similar those two are. Oh yeah, it's just songs. pitched it's down. Like it's it's yeah. the same, just pitched down. And uh, they removed those like really dodgy synths that are in the background, which I think was the right call. Yeah. But yeah, I think it, it all hangs on whether or not documentation was signed. If it was, sorry. If it wasn't, then they seem to have, like, if if the Blurred Lines case was anything to go by, which was, like, you know, not, yeah. not even nearly as close as this, then... Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, <laughs> speaking of Blurred Lines, did you see the um, thing that um, Pharrell was talking about? Oh, that Pharrell week? said... While we, while we were away last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all, all of a sudden he realises that um, Blurred Lines is a really problematic oh, song and that women are oppressed. Yeah. It's like, oh. like, oh, I never saw it that way. It was like... Oh. A good point. But that song came out like what, three years ago, four years ago? Yeah, maybe. It feels like it's always been in my life. No, it hasn't. I know. (laughs) Well, maybe it's because the original song was always in my life, but yeah, there you go. Well, anyway, good job, Pharrell. (laughs) Speaking of dominance of things, uh, how about Amazon, lads? Uh, How about that, Amazon? (laughs) A lot of things been going on with Amazon in the music world. Uh, First of all, the Black Madonna giving out that she was booked for a festival called Intersect, which she didn't realize was actually backed by Amazon Web Services, sponsored mm. by it, put on by them. Um, maybe not booked by them, but certainly uh, they own the Intersect Festival. She put out a very strong statement after that saying uh, it was initially framed as an arts and technology weekender with other artists I deeply respected with and well-known and respected production teams. It presented no cause for concern. I was not approached by employees on Amazon. I was never formally or informally advised of any Amazon branding. 
the offer accepted, did not propose any kind of brand partnership, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and basically has pulled out of this festival. It's funny on the um, on the poster for the festival, there's no mention at all of Amazon, but uh, underneath where it says Intersect, it has Music Arts Tech Festival by AWS, who you wouldn't immediately yeah. realize is, I mean, is I Amazon know, I, I Web am- Services. I've had to use Amazon Web Services yeah. over years. So I know but exactly the Amazon Web Services has the little, you know, the, uh, the little... Uh, arrow that goes from the A to the Z in, right, yeah, yeah, in Amazon. Yeah. It has that in it, and it's it's just so fucking sneaky yeah. on Amazon's part just to do that. It's like, oh god. Well, the um, dance music blogosphere went crazy over this. The mm-hmm. Twitter sphere went crazy over this, um, and I don't know how much of it was to do with the idea of Black Madonna and. The fact that, you know, some people find her name very problematic, which she's addressed before. Mm. Not really going to get into that right now. I don't really want to do it. Um, But she does say in the uh, statement, uh, the issue is not just ideological for me. It is moral and ethical transgression against my work, my faith and most important people I I stand with. As a global ambassador for the Help Refugees organization, I raise awareness and donate 100% of my merchandise sales to refugee assistance and personally provide grants to undocumented families. Why is she talking about that? Because... Um, Amazon uh, provide uh, and co- uh, corporate and digital collaborations with the uh, U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, which is also known as ICE. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to what's happened this week in terms of um, the latest 170 artists have come out to boycott this uh, Amazon over ICE affiliations. Um, so it's, it it isn't uh, what I think is interesting about this is that it isn't just the festival that they're boy that they're calling yeah. for and boycotting. It that's is certainly Amazon brought, um, in into focus. Yeah, yeah, sure. but they've gone beyond that now. But I mean, Amazon. I feel like we've known for a long time how awful they are. But it's we, one of those. There's a and yes, about it called Land of the Giants, which, which we is talked about, excellent. Which really, is definitely excellent. worth a listen. Do yeah. Have a but listen I mean, to Amazon, like, there's there's an entire Wikipedia page, like a lengthy Wikipedia page of just criticisms. Like a few things are that you know they oppose trade unions. They have warehouse conditions that are um, subpar when it comes to workers' rights. Uh, that's both in the UK and the US. Same goes for delivery drivers. Um, there have been suicides by Amazon employees. There's been hunger strikes, like, and that's before even getting into their like really dodgy business practices. They're just a really horrible monopoly that we just have to deal with because they're convenient for us to use. Um, Dude, so this I, is I think that this hand. is like this is a really strong and powerful opposition from artists to. Basically, these artists, including Deer Hoof, uh, Zuzu, and others that I don't really recognize, to be honest, um, say in this letter, we will not allow Amazon to exploit our, our creativity to expand what brand while it enables attacks on immigrants, communities of color, workers, and so local economies. We call on our artists who believe in basic human rights and human dignity to join us. They call for Amazon to terminate existing contracts with military, law enforcement and government agencies, which includes ICE, um, to stop providing cloud services and tools to organizations that power the U- U.S. government's deportation machine, to end um, projects that encourage ra- racial profiling racial profiling, uh, like their facial recognition product that they're developing, and reject future engagements with military, law enforcement, and government agencies. 
Um, it is. I will say yeah. the artists on it are very much like Pitchfork's bass. Mm, yeah. Um, kind the bands like Hurrah for the Riff Raff, uh, Speedy Ortiz, Girlpool, Downtown Boys, Priests, uh, Immortal Technique stands out there for being not that tall. Um, kind of famed uh, long term rapper. Um, mm. who's very has had some amazing stuff anyway I digress uh Devin Welsh included in there as well um yeah has, has Beck said anything he's he's headlining Intersect he has an album out in the next few weeks oh I so he's saying nothing he cares about that stuff anymore <laughs> okay sure yeah he's you know he doesn't have to comment about if he ca- if he starts commenting on that then he has to start commenting about being a Scientologist has he ever really commented on that no I don't know I think the Scientologists tend to keep it. that I'd say he poo-pooed <laughs> it. Um, uh, poo-pooed same goes for Foo Fighters I wonder if Dave Grohl in his nice guy guys um will come out and say anything i said that as if i don't like dave Grohl. big fan of that guy um but yeah um does this mean are the artists who are playing the festival still contractually obliged to pay to play the festival no you can pull it on it for Uh, sure yeah yeah if you if you're you're booked on a basis of something that is falsified or Mm. doesn't feel right um yeah you can totally pull it okay it'll be interesting to see for sure um, so there's this Spotify for Brands thing. What is going on? I don't we're really starting, know. We're starting our end of the year stuff. I know, it's really exciting. Very likely. So everybody will probably remember, uh, or music nerdy people like us will probably remember last year, the Spotify.me, and I think they did it the year before as well, which is basically uh, Spotify's report on your personal listening data, um, which is really exciting to look at and kind of take stock of your year in music. Um Today, uh, listeners on Spotify were kind of presented with a Spotify for brands version of this Spotify.me, which I'm a little bit confused about. Um, anyway, it doesn't really matter, does it? It, it doesn't. Because gives, us, gives yeah. us some, it, it, some it, things to discuss. It offers us two data sets for our personal listening. One is Spotify lifetime and one is recent listening, which seems to be different for different users mine has been collected since the start of uh october yeah. a guy i work with um his was collected from i think the mid-september so the impression i'm getting is that this is just a snapshot of what's going to come closer to the end of the year i'd say that's very yeah. it's also an ad for their new product spotify for brands but whatever you know i'll take it um so let's talk about our listening habits over the past year, Niall. What do you want to know? Uh, I want to know what your recent listening top artist is. Uh, I th- I think it's the same as yours. Big Thief. It's Big Thief, it's right? Big yeah. yeah. I mean, if <laughs> if you albums, if you release two albums that we're reviewing in a year, you're like, probably going to feature somewhere. And highly. that that doesn't include for me the the streams that I had not on Spotify when we had like the. When we had the album before it came out, yeah. Three three or four weeks before we Um, Extremely unsurprising for me. I called this back when it came out uh, that UFOF is my most played song of the year. Like it, it makes complete sense. Well, I can tell you probably that Last FM will probably tell me that exact song, uh, Mm. what what it is. But I don't know what the, the recent listening, how far that goes back for this. I think this is only... If if it's October for you, it'll yeah. So that. I'm going to open up my last FM and tell you what that is as well at the same time as telling you what my top track is of the last uh, month, month or so. I guess okay, last yeah. thirty days. I will tell you what my my favorite track. In the meantime, is. what's your most active hour? 
Because mine is 9 a.m. It says, n- hold on, uh, it says 9 p.m. now. It did say 3 p.m. earlier on. <laughs> so this is what's making me think that it's still actually like we're, we're, churning we're in the background. The we're ahead of Spotify's yeah. own curve. See, 9 a.m. is the time I arrive in work and I've said all my pleasantries and I'm it, like, okay, bye everyone. <laughs> I don't listen to music at 9 p.m. Yeah, I know, right? It's, I think it's like, it's it was said 3. Maybe it was stuck in a time zone warp. Maybe. And that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, 45% of my tracks are acoustic. Um, how, okay, 43% of my tracks are danceable. 25 of my, 25% of my tracks are danceable. Okay, acousticness is 45%, apparently. Um, That's the same as me, which is very, really surprising. What's your average beats per minute? 118, son. Oh, you're, you're higher than me, I'm 115. Oh, really? Yeah, there you go. Um, That's really surprising, given that you listen to a lot more dance music than I do. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Mm. Um, do you have a top track in your recent listening? Yeah, my top track is UFOF. Okay, yours is that. Yeah. Mine is Spit That Out by Kojak. Spit That Out. That's recent, but my last FM, the last 30 days also says, actually, they're joint. Spit That Out is there and Caribou's Home also Oh, there. nice. So, uh, um, My top genres are really embarrassing given uh, they're just, they're so apt, Um, but they're modern rock, rock, folk pop, indie rock, indie pop. Indie folk. <laughs> Where do I find that? Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, do you have that? One, yeah, I see that. Uh, in, Indietronica, 32%. What's Indietronica? You know, stuff. <laughs> Name one. <laughs> um, Roosevelt. Okay, or sure. Or yeah. Caribou probably is in that as Fair. well. Hip-hop, rap, indie soul, pop rap, electro-pop. That seems Yours is a lot more diverse than mine. Pretty fair. Mine sounds say. like a list of white men with guitars. Yeah, I'm kind of ashamed not... of that, to be honest. <laughs> no, that in there. Anyway, um, maybe we'll get into the problems with Spotify themselves some other day. Yeah. But we're going to move on. We're gonna... My last thing I'd like to say on this is that it claims that I stream like a fitness enthusiast, which oh. I find very funny because <laughs> I am <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> neither fit nor enthusiastic. Okay, well, so, <laughs> um, you know. It yeah, always... so that's Spotify. Uh, you can find it on spotify.me if you're curious about yours. Um, and you can, yeah, you just log in through that and it gives you some interesting stats, even if they're probably not correct. Yeah, okay. Um, okay, we're going to move on to, uh, there has there a man has delivered a package in the last week. His name is Frank Ocean. He has a new song called DHL. And it's our songs of the week, guys. Frank Ocean, he is our first track of the week this week. His song is called DHL. 
and uh, just got a pack yeah the DHL I just signed for the package um yeah that is it's basically always nice to hear some new music from Frank Ocean uh what's probably there's no other real context for this other than the fact he recently said that he's been inspired by um Detroit techno and Chicago house um this actually sounds more like Aesop Rocky or something like that mm. uh, or um Sorry, uh, Travis Scott. It sounds more like Travis Scott than anything yeah, else. Yeah, really. it does, yeah. Um, so it's just kind of a nice Frank Ocean one-off, I guess. I mm. guess, yeah. I mean, we haven't heard from him since Provider. Is that right? Um, uh, yeah. Back in 2018. And that was that was a standalone track it, too. Was this song debuted on his Blonde Dude radio show? Is that where, why it was, where we I, have it now in the world? I don't know. I think that's I why do we not have know. it. But yeah. yeah, so my first listen of this... Um, I did a bad thing in that I was so excited that it came out. I just pressed play on it on like my laptop speakers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I can do one worse. Oh, um, phone. <laughs> I tried to listen to it on my phone at about four in the morning when oh. I realized it had been released. But actually, I couldn't hear it. So I if just you're it excited off. enough to listen to it at four in the morning, you, you should be excited enough to walk across the room and get your headphones in that case. Not, I, I was not at home. Not quite lucid. Okay, that's I fine. Was, I, was at, I, was in, I was in Limerick. Okay. I was elsewhere. Fair. What, I, what I'm saying is that I got the wrong impression. I got off on the wrong foot with this track. Um, I was disappointed that I didn't, I wasn't hearing him singing because I think his singing, his singing voice is one of my favorites um, around these days. But when I went and listened to it on headphones, I sort of realized that the that the harmonies and the, the the interesting things that he does with harmony in that it can be so sparse and yet imply a lot uh, was actually happening in the instrumentation. So I was like, OK, great. Uh, the lyrics aren't really much of anything. There's not a whole lot of depth in them, but it definitely feels like one of those stopgap songs. That yeah, is, it's just nice to have. Yeah, but it's it's better than a stopgap song you'd get from like 80 or 90 percent of other artists, which is the great thing about Frank Ocean is that even when it's not the the incredibly moving thing that you or that I certainly get from his music, it's still it's still something. It's still incredibly charming and yeah. not really like anything else that's out there. Um, I, I think it sounds really beautiful and it's it's produced impeccably. Yeah. I'm excited for Frank Ocean music in 2020. That's all I want to say. Yeah. Really. This is just giving you that like, yeah. I know. I yeah. I want it. I want yeah. it. Um, I love playing uh, Nikes at the end of a DJ set if I can get away with it. And uh, I love when he does those kind of songs. It's mm. a bit of like that song. Yeah. A song in stasis kind of yeah. suspended in air and it is a standalone kind of thing, presumably. I'm really interested to hear what's going to come from him. I, I know. It'd be fascinating. I, I wonder, will he go more this, like, a heavier kind of hip-hop route? Or if he will kind of incorporate that into the sound that we know and love him for? Um, I, I hope he doesn't change too much. Um, yeah, as we discussed on our live podcast, he ended up in a lot of the uh, best of the decade lists, both albums, really. Yeah. Um, Blonde was best of the... Of the 2010s, according to Pitchfork, anyway. So. Yeah. Not far off. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if we would put it the best ever. It's not uh, my it's not, best of the 2010s, but it's in my top two. I don't think there's <laughs> enough. Say. I think for something like that, it has to show a huge range and like, or, you know, a really solid idea all the way through. Mm. Or like, it's a great album, but it's 
There's definitely see, see, I think it does those things. I just think that I would sum up the decade slightly differently, but I completely understand why this was chosen. Um, yeah. And it's by committee as well, so it's it's fair. But I mean, God, I lo- I I love that album so much. So yeah, it's fantastic. Come back to us, Frank. We miss you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, our next track is from one of the first guests we had on this podcast before you were around, Andrea. It oh is from Jape, uh, Richie Egan. Uh, he has an album out uh, called Sentinel on the 22nd of November. This is the title track from it. It's called Sentinel. We're all stumbling A helping hand Sentinel. Um, so yeah, new album is out on November 17th, sorry, uh, on Faction Records. Um, for pretty much uh, a taste of things to come in terms of the album, which I've heard is eight tracks, uh, very much a gentle and reflective collection of music. Um, long time Jay fans will be happy to know that the song Harrington Street is actually on it. Oh, great. Um, so that is a nice thing to know if you're a massive, I know I can think of one man in Kilkenny who might want to know that fact. Um, and he prefaced this uh, track with uh, some brief discussion about uh, what I can ascertain to be uh, talking about your inner critic mm. and getting up earlier than your inner critic does before it interferes with your creative process. Um, he talks about this in this fashion. There is a short time when I wake up from a dream. I am unaware of myself. This period of comforting stasis is my favorite time of day. No problems, no stress, no ego, pure suspension. After such a graceful respite, slowly and unfortunately, from somewhere tiny within this infinite place, crawls annoying narrowness, a living human. As the morning happens to happen, this wistful fog feels feeling sticks around an old hand showing a new employee the ropes. Another first in the being alive business. Another first day, sorry. It speaks, remember all this lack of information. Let's not think, especially about afternoons. Mornings taught me about real peace, supplying ways to renew wonder into my days at last. Finally embracing irrelevance with love, looking into the mirror and thinking, how long can I ignore this poor prick before I have to answer him? <laughs> this is where the songs and Sentinel come from, from early mornings of no thought. So whatever the dreams left out on the doorsteps are for me. It is a private record and I hope you can share this in privacy. So that is uh, the setup for what's mm. to come. And uh, Beautiful. That is Beautifully uh, described, I think. Yeah. Yeah. A lot about your inner critic and, um, you know, trying to you know make music in a flow state or a state that isn't constantly criticizing yourself yeah. um, or for 
uh, like mass consumption yeah, or yeah, yeah. sales or anything like that. Uh, yeah, I think this is a this is a really really beautiful track. Um, it sounds to me like a Sufjan Stevens track, and I like if any anybody that knows me knows that that is like a high compliment coming from me because it it really invites you into a a gentle kind of state um reflective and introspective and I think that my favorite kind of music does that um I'm looking forward to hearing this this idea of you know mornings and uh being alone with yourself as you and not the you that goes to work or not the you that has to get on the bus and all, all like all of that silly stuff that you have to do but the actual you I'm looking forward to seeing how he explores that idea over eight or ten or twelve tracks whatever it is because um, it's a it's a worthy idea I think for people who are creative and and even for people who aren't you know we all need a bit of solitude and a bit of introspection sometimes and this sounds like a really kind of meditative way to to explore that yeah yeah it's beautiful it's a really beautiful track yeah really I really like, like it. it it's grown on me a lot and there's mm. a good few tracks on the album i've heard that are ever quite similar to this but um a lot of dynamics at play in the mm. album is all i'll say um i'm really enjoying what i'm hearing basically um so that is jape with sentinel before giving too much away our next track is uh from mango and Mathman, and featuring lisa hannigan it is called deep blue and it sounds like this Another point for your mind to the signs of the shrine, but we held a hand. She asked me, What's the plan? Said I don't, but we grind. I need to sleep. Far hard to keep you free. You belong in this deep blue sea. You belong in this deep blue sea. No matter where I go, I know you're always gonna be there waiting for me. And when I drift to shore, there's nowhere I will. Now, seven towers is a knockdown. Generation shot down. Some gave up, but on a stayed here when they got down. Getting up, getting high, getting down, getting nowhere. Halfway good, you don't care. Gotta leave, but I don't know where. Now I don't know where. So, so we stay stranded, but it's not how we planned it. Everything. Oh, that's Mango and Madman. Track is called Deep Blue. We'll cut that up before we're supposed to. Um, featuring Lisa Hannigan and also the Crash Ensemble, which you don't hear in that uh, clip. Um, who do a lot of orchestrative or, or orchestrative uh, orchestral work towards the end of the track? Orchestrative feels like it should be okay, but yeah, I don't think that's a word. <laughs> don't mind me. We're actually having some prosecco, lads. I'm sorry. Yeah, let's clink. Let's, clink. Let's, yeah. Let's clink. Yeah. There you go. We're toasting hey. a new home. Yeah. In, in a new in a new space in a yeah. new office. So thanks. Uh, anyway, yeah. Mango Mathman. Yeah. So they've been teasing this album, Casual Work, for about um, I want to say two years, and it's finally coming out on eighth of November, which is great news. Um, and one of the reasons why it's taken so long for them to release it is because. They have made a video for every song on the album mm. um, and they had a listening party in uh, Atelier Mazer's Gap there about two weeks ago. Um, so we're finally getting it. I know that there's some other well-known artists that you might know from Ireland who will feature on it, including Lee Sanigan. Um, 
this is an interesting one because it's certainly going for a different vibe than the Mango and Mathman uh, general buzz, which is generally grimy rap kind of up-tempo garage kind of buzz. Mm. And I enjoy it. I certainly do enjoy this song. I um, I like the fact that it has some of that. I loved, I actually like the lyrics more than anything else. I think uh, the fact, I think the Deep Blue is kind of evocative and a nice way to put how you belong to somewhere like Dublin and Ireland where you're like, you're in this, we're in an island and this, I'm surrounded by a Deep Blue Sea. Mm. Um, I kind of like that. And there's still, there's, there's moments in there um, where you get that like Dublin vernacular in there, but not too strongly, just like suggestions of it. And mm. I like that. Um, <laughs> one of my friends gave out, he was like, Lisa Hannigan, she's not even from Dublin. Why is she on that track? <laughs> it was like joking, um, but That's, it was kind yeah. of funny. Um, I just like, I just like the vibe. It's a bit like streets and has a bit of that. Reminded me of the streets as dance well. Dance music yeah. vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lovely track. I hope it does well for them because it's a bit different, a bit more poppy even maybe. Poppy isn't even the right word. It's just like... I guess it, it, it's a bit more accessible. I know that there's somebody in my office. We have a shared Sonos system in my office and there's somebody in my office who is really into Fancy this track. Use. Because, oh, no, don't start me on the Sonos system and the politics of the Sonos. I, I have a feature in me based on that. Um, I want to hear that. But so, somebody in my office is really digging this track. Um I, I too, I'm, I'm really, really digging this. It kind of, it does like, exactly like you said, it reminds me of the streets when, when they do that kind of, you know, upbeat, dancey vibe, but also really kind of deep lyrics. And I think Lisa Hannigan sounds like she sounds beautiful anywhere, but this isn't where I expect her to sound. That's why it's ever. unusual. And that's yeah. why I'm glad she did But she, she slots did it. right in. Like it's yeah. when, when I saw the, the track first, it's like, you know, Mango and Math Man featuring Lisa Hannigan. I was like, how is this going to work? And then it just, if I had known it was Lisa Hannigan, it, like it, it would have just flowed really, really easily. I think it's, I, I think it's really, really lovely. Um, yeah. There's a big swell in, uh, with the orchestral parts towards the end yeah. as well, which kind of, quite epic yeah well. it is yeah um, it's lovely yeah very nice so we're into this track then for sure we're into it yep. yeah interested to hear the album um not long now um uh, november 8th so that is mango matman featuring Liz hannigan track was called deep blue uh up next you're an autumn girl mm-hmm. andrea and this is um, give me the spook <laughs> this is a spooky song for you uh, it is from a band called clipping and uh, it's from their fourth album uh which is entitled there existed an addiction to blood it's on sub pop i will explain why we're playing this uh other than the fact that uh spoiler alert i like it um <laughs> shortly let's hear a bit from it this is nothing is safe from clipping everyone's safe and sound this how family do only homies around everyone here is crew something foul in the air something feeling askew Wind is in the pipes, it's that whistle calling for you Don't holler, it's cool Windows boarded and sealed, doors are bolted and locked Product cooking on pace, weaponry fully stocked Bodies sleeping in shifts, other bodies keep watch Bullets of an antibody cop running up in the spot The pop, the pop, drop, the lights are drop low Something shot from the trees Went straight through the front door Homie dropped to his knees Blood seeping from his neck as he struggled to breathe 
wood and floors stained wet gets off the more that he bleeds he leaves believe it and no one tell me what was coming but it creeping on the come up now it's right up in your face face it let it resonate up in your bone a minute when you shiver make a sliver big enough for it to have a space ripped life slipping away maybe you can make it out with just a little bit of grace but it truly doesn't give a fuck about the fear you feel and it is here to make you understand that nothing is safe nothing is nothing is safe nothing is sacred nothing is safe nothing to pray for nothing is safe nothing is nothing is cut the light and stay low all is quiet and still peering through the window staring over the field one of the main uh, players in that show uh, for a long time and uh, he's returned to this clipping band i think they have finally hit on something um that suggests they always they always suggested that they were going to be a really interesting great band i don't think i really processed this the last two albums that much so maybe that's unfair to say but i will say this album feels like a very complete uh, release and that is a nothing is safe the track is a great way into it it is inspired by uh this is a useful context to know because it will give you and, and we're coming up to halloween so you know it, it, it's Ooh. totally the right song to play um they describe the album as a transmutation of horrorcore which was a purposefully absurdist and creatively significant subgenre that flourished in the mid 90s in in rap music uh, including acts like gravediggers uh, ghetto boys bone thugs and harmony uh, a lot of memphis cassette tape rap um which incorporated supernatural occult or psychological horror themes into the lyrics you are just speaking my goddamn language right now oh it's like, great to have like i love i love halloween music oh, i love it do you see this halloween fm no so right sorry slight aside Dave Hanready of No Encore texted me, I'd say about a week and a half ago, and said something along the lines of Christmas FM, cowards, where's Halloween FM? And then I got it into my head. I was like, oh my God, we should start Halloween FM. <laughs> a few days later, it's like ha- Halloween FM is live. And I was like, well, you know what? Finally, someone did it. At least the idea was is taken it an up. Irish station? Yeah, it's the same people that do Christmas FM or doing Halloween FM. Sound. I know. It's Clap. unbelievable. Well, Come see, on, the lads. See, uh, what's your favorite, like, Halloween music? Um, because mine is, is like the creepy John Carpenter and stuff, which is why I love this kind of music so much. I think it's probably Toccata and Fugue in D, which is the, you know, that um, that really famous uh, organ piece. Right, yeah. That organ piece that you think of when, when it's Halloween time. It's that, or it's Monster Mash, you know, Monster Mash is good. I have a very good Halloween playlist, actually. I have a Halloween playlist as well called Spook. Right, we'll both post those. <laughs> Vote for your favorite. Anyway, this, this track now is so up my street i find the lyrics in in it like genuinely spooky and scary there's a bit that we heard there where the lyrics are maybe you can make it out with just a little bit of grace but it truly doesn't give a fuck about the fear you're feeling it's here to make you understand that nothing is safe and the it in it is never really Mm. defined it's it's just a kind like it it can be anything you can take it socially or politically um to be you know involved with like police or like it's 
but but then you can also take it in that like very pure horrorcore form where it it's the unknown you could take it as Stephen King's it it can be anything um and you know like, those like, like the best horror films they do are allegories for yeah or, you don't for other ideas. exactly yeah and it did actually put me in mind of um us Jordan Peele's us just that kind of like even the score in that was very kind of um it, it had a repetitive uh, piano piece that runs through it. And I love how much room the lyrics are given in this track. You know, like it opens with that repetitive ding, ding, ding on the piano. And I think it, it's almost as if it's it's every verse that comes along, something is added, but it's incredibly subtle until by the end of the track, you realize there's actually like a whirlwind of sounds and textures like floating around your head. It's it's really fucking accomplished. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I, I think they are hitting their stride. Absolutely. Mm. I mean, I think they've always had flashes of brilliance, but they this album is um, up there. And I haven't listened me. to the album yet, so I'm so excited to get into well, it. Well, you're in the right week to listen to I it. I know. Spooky, Halloween's spooky coming time. up, baby. Let's do it. Oh, we're going to be good. Okay. Okay, <laughs> that's it for our songs of the week this week. Our album we're going to be discussing this week is from the Dublin four-piece Lancome. They have their third album on the way out right now called The Live Long Day. Going to play a bit of uh, one of the traditional opening tracks from it, which is actually 10 minutes long, so you won't get the full dynamic range of this song, but here is a bit of The Wild Rover, like you've never heard it before, maybe. i 
Lancome with a track called The Wild Rover, opening track from their album, and uh, it is a eight-track album, which sounds like it's going to be short. It is not short. Um, there's a ten that is a ten-minute track. There's a few very long songs on here. It is called The Live Long Day. Um, what can we say about Lancome in terms of uh, giving you some background if you've never heard them before? They are brothers Ian and Daryl Lynch, Cormac McDermott, and Rady Pete. This album is released on Rough Trade, which is, uh, you know, very, there's been a resurgence of trad music in the last couple of years in Ireland um, in terms of young musicians doing it in a very interesting way. You've got the likes of the Mary Wallopers, who we had play a gig for us recently, doing am- amazing stuff with traditional music, just like playing it very faithfully, but also in, in a really interesting, almost, they're just interesting characters and they mm. do it in a really interesting way. There's the likes of the Delians and people like that who are doing interesting things. And obviously, um, Lancome, you know, formerly lynched, were are one of the shining lights in terms of uh, the Irish traditional folk movement. I put Lisa O'Neill in there. Lisa O'Neill. I was going to mention her because she does inform the last track on the album. Um, So absolutely, there's a lot of uh, very interesting trad music been happening. We've obviously talked about the gloaming. Even tonight as we speak, um, the RT1 Folk Awards is on uh, in Vicar Street, uh, very close to where we are now. In, in the office. new gap? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so the this album is their third album from Lancome. It is heavily reliant on, as trad music it mostly is, and just to spell it out, uh, traditional tunes. There is some sleeve notes on the album that describe where these songs were heard, where they came from. There is two originals on it. Um, it is, first of all, as a first impression, uh, as this... I will say that Lank- this Lancome album is heavily reliant on the drone of the mm. Illin pipe. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting parallel to uh, modern ambient and electronic music in lots of ways because it's not a, it is an instrument that it lends itself very well to that kind of droning, um, kind of droning synth lines, droning lines of, of music. Um, and it is all over this album. There's a lot of music um, that is built up dynamically, where which the end of that Wild Rover songs literally bursts out of the speakers. If you're yeah. listening to it high volume, it just suddenly jumps hugely it does. in volume. It is produced and uh, recorded and produced by John Spud Murphy in the Meadow and Gorilla Sounds in Dublin. And, uh, or sorry, Meadows in Wicklow, right? Uh, yeah, and Gorilla Sounds in Dublin. Uh, only through March and May of this of this year, um, Lancome are a band on the way up and the fact that they are uh, have been had much success in the UK is indicative of where they are at. I think they're a really interesting band. Separately, there are two other songs on this one you may have heard previously called Young People, which is probably the most... Pop is probably not the right word to do, but certainly uh, in terms of texture and tone, it feels like almost a a rousing pop ballad mm. the way it's presented it could it could be off a very different album that yeah, song whereas sure. the rest of them definitely belong yeah uh the last song on the album you mentioned lisa o'neill uh, is part of a writing challenge that was set by uh ian uh lynch and uh lisa o'neill uh ian gave lisa the subject of violet gibson a song you may know 
And, uh, uh, One of my favourite songs from last year. From her album, Heard a Long Gone Song, uh, is about an Irish woman who went over to Rome and skim shot Mussolini on the nose. Yeah, she fucking did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> while Lisa gave Ian the song subject of the Rens of Curra. Hup, Calair. Um, So mirroring, <laughs> mirroring these marginalised women who were described as free thinkers, prostitutes, alcoholics, vagrants, ex-convicts and harvest workers and created their nest out of furs in the rough plains. Of, I grew, I, my parents as near the Curra. Really? Very near. I can walk to it. It is a, a strange place. Sometimes I'm surprised there aren't bodies found there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a wide open space. I, um, I've been to the Curra once and I felt like it was it was a place where I would hear the Banshee. Like it was it, it's just it just has that really kind of yeah. like um I actually spent a lot of time in the Curra when I was younger because I uh I played golf when I was younger yeah. um, as a junior and so I spent a lot of time on the Kerr mm. Golf Club. Um, it just it just vibrates daytime, with like daytime. history or something. I, I, I well, found it a really a really been to Donnelly's of, Hollow? No. Donnelly's no. Hollow is like a uh, famous Dan Donnelly who uh, went on to own the Fonz pub mm. um, on uh, in Dublin 8. Uh, who, who basically he the story is the legend is he had a big boxing match there and if you go to Donnelly's Hollow it's just like this hollow uh, but these imprints of like somebody made these imprints of Don Donnelly's uh, you know footprints there he's, oh. he was such a big man and then wow. um, in Kilcullen um, in oh, I can't remember the, name of the, the pub right now the Tatch no I can't remember what the name it was but his arm was on display his oh my arm. gosh! <laughs> yeah, it got stolen recently. Anyway, I'm not sure how how accurate his arm was in terms of like, uh, what what arm is this? Where did they get this from? Sure, yeah. What is it? Anyway, is it a replica? Is it his real arm? Anyway, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so uh, he actually, so apparently he won that boxing match, and uh, all the way back to Dublin, he stopped at every pub. And to celebrate with okay. his mates and uh, finally got back up to Dublin, ends up buying Fallon's pub. Uh, Basically starting a lot of prostitution out of it and ran it into the ground. There you go. And <laughs> so the rest is history, I suppose. Yeah. But then this is what gets to the point of what, like, I, the reason I talk about the likes of the Mary Wallopers and uh, Lancome, they are in the true, true form of trad. They are bringing these stories forward into a, a new generation of people mm. with a new generation, with new voices, with new ways of doing things. Mm. Now, the only thing about the live long day for me is that it is quite dour in tone all the way through. So it's not you have to be in the right mood to listen to it. I, I love think it, it, it lets up maybe twice with uh, the young people and um, Bear Creek. Is it Bear Creek you're talking about? Is it Bear Creek or the That's Pride the of kind of Americana one? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. With with those two That's tracks, one of my it does songs up. on it because it me does too. give you that light, uh, that relief mm. from some of the other. Um, look, there's been a lot of things happening in terms of uh, Ireland recently and it does reflect almost uh, the droning noise that happens in, in this country in a lot of ways. There's not a lot of uh, positivity in there, but like traditionally trad music is not mm. something which celebrates things. <laughs> it's Unless give, it's, it's drink yeah. <laughs> or getting drunk. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is like the wild rover. I spend all my money. Yeah. <laughs> on on the drink. And uh there you go. I'm not left now. I think what what Ooh. I what I took away from my kind of my overall impression of this album is that it isn't it isn't so much an attempt to modernize 
folk more so that it's merely kind of performing it with a modern perspective and asking us listeners or or whoever to kind of reflect on Ireland's changing landscape and soundscape and you, you know that that kind of applies politically as well um there are a lot of things that have happened in the past decade or the past 20 years in Ireland that I don't know they're they're not exactly reflected in traditional song um you know very very dark things have have come out about about our about our country and the people running it um that I I don't know even 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 in the instrumental tracks on this and this is something as well that I like about trad music in that it um instrumental trad music it gives you a chance to reflect on something that might not be anything to do with the track but I just found myself slipping into a mindset of just thinking about um really kind of politically difficult things that we've gone through and come out the other side of now um so you know you, you talk about Magdalene Laundries the eighth amendment and um the catholic church and these these things that are very much part of our cultural consciousness um that we might not yet have actually processed and i feel like the the modernization of this comes through that kind of droning and comes through that that added reflective voice that's that that kind of supports the more traditional elements. I don't know if I'm saying that in the way that I want to, but um, yeah, no, I totally get you. Um, it is it is often unnerving, but I think our history here, even though we are proud and we are moving forward, our history is unnerving as well. And I think that I really get that that mood and that tone from this album, where it is reflective and asks us to actually consider what our history is instead of just presenting anti- antiquated Celticism, do you know, yeah, like that, yeah. that kind of thing. I think that's why I, a lot of this music has been resonating so much for me because it just feels like it's been contextualized in a modern form again, yeah. in a way that like it has been over the generations, but it's been happening again. Mm. I got in trouble before for, for saying that, uh, you know, trad is having a revival of some sorts, but, um, I feel like the way that people are using the form is a way of using the source material to contextualize modern life. And I think they Mm. kind of suggest something similar in their bio about this album as well. I will say in terms of this, it is the most well-produced album they have ever made. Uh, It definitely lacks some of that lo-fi edge that they had in previous releases. Um, And I think it's the better for it because the songs are there, the swells and uh growth and dynamics there that i just didn't know they had in them mm. i mean you hear them live sometimes you feel that yeah i think Brady pete's boy, voice is one of my favorite in ireland <laughs> like yeah. in in maybe the world she has a a lot of um there's a lot of depth there um but there isn't a lot to let up on in terms of uh, the light, the contrasting light in terms of darkness they describe it as it's a combination of being desperately depressing and hopeful at the same time um and the hope for me comes from the music and the lyrics a lot of the time can be quite dour and i think i think for me the hope comes from um it's it's recognition of its of its past or of the of the forms past and therefore the country's past i think it 
it is a step removed in a way from traditional forms due to its kind of awareness of of them I yeah again I'm not saying this the way I, I want to but w- what I'm trying to get across is that it feels like a informed sound um that is trying to bring history to light with all of its kind of cultural nuances and not just perform them um and I think that to me that's where the light is it's that it's that knowingness that mm. our culture and our history is dark yeah. and the only way that we're going to move forward from it is to recognize it as such and then you do get these these light moments like the young people I think is just so beautiful it's such a it's such a wonderful kind of it, it, it and for it to be an original on it as well of which there aren't many um that that to me is kind of the lightest moment on it where it it's the moment on the album where I feel like we're looking forward. You know, you think of young people, you think the future. Mm. Uh, you can't you can't help but do that. And with with everything that's kind of happening in our in our cultural consciousness now, talking about young people, it all seems to be very dour with climate change and with all these kind of things. Where I just feel like that song is a really hopeful. Just you know, the young people are dancing. Let them let them be young. Let them let them do it. Yeah, there's a video for that by Bob Gallagher. It's beautiful as well, which speaks to the cinematic nature of a lot of this music as mm. well. Like you could imagine it uh, soundtracking a a film by Element Pictures about the Irish famine, which is also a film that exists called 1847. Is that the one? What's the called? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that film. Um, Does this soundtrack it? No, it doesn't. Oh, you're saying it could. saying it could? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, about the famine. I read yeah. in in some mm. review that it could easily soundtrack a Coen Brothers film, and I definitely well, yeah, think that's that that's true. Like with the uh, the Guardian said that the fact that it is um, very cinematic, obviously, but it's a lot of Americana. In mm. there's two songs that have American vibes in this for sure, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying this. It is you have to be in a, a proper state of mind. Um, to listen to it and it's not uh, something you throw on if you're working it's not daily eye for in any way oh no 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 god <laughs> in no in case you were wondering and there I w- are some music they have uh, from the first two albums that had a bit of that they're very traditional and there's renderings. nothing wrong with that I mean that like no but I'm the, saying yeah. the, the traditional renderings they had are gone out the window like the fact yeah. that they did a 10 minute droning version of the wild rover yeah and did it in such a fascinating way to me is indication of where we're at here. Mm. Opens the album. There's no compromises here. There's no, no, that's it. It's like, oh, you're going to listen to this album. Here's 10 minutes yeah. of the Wild Rover. And, and you're not you're not really getting payback from it until towards the end. Yeah, it's like the last two and a half minutes are where it takes it's just, off. Yeah, it's, it's so stunning. And throughout the whole album, it's like every single sound on it is so considered. Like no, there's there's nothing on this album that is there without specific purpose and to me it feels like a narrative purpose you know even even when it's when it's instrumental um sorry it's trying to play itself it's there. just oh my god it's haunted <laughs> <laughs> um yeah sorry so maybe we should play it um, yeah let's is, let's let it do its thing this is uh bear creek from lancome's album <laughs> Thank you. 
I love that is uh, Bear Creek from Lancome, a very evocative American kind of song. Um, does remind me a lot of uh, the Penguin Orchestra and the way that it's produced as well when it actually gets going towards the latter half of that track. Um, I yeah, I would say it is fascinating what they're doing. I'm really interested in Langham. I love seeing them live, but certainly this album, there's uh, it doesn't let a lot of light in mm. overall. Um, so you have to be in the mood for it. Um, but I do think they are worth lauding in terms of what they're doing and yeah. how they've progressed in the last three albums. Um, they're only getting better and they're only finding new forms in which to use that music. And that's something to be uh, celebrated. for sure. Absolutely. And I think that music isn't supposed to always be easy. Music isn't o- only there to, you know, soundtrack your day or anything. Sometimes it is there to challenge you and I think that this what up Kanye next week yeah what up um but I think that this is a really challenging listen um and not not only just for Irish people like this is absolutely accessible to people outside of Ireland who have an interest in in our history but um I think I think it's one of the most vital releases we've had this year um, oh, and there's a lot of good albums to, to, to digest from yeah, this year in Ireland. But the, so. Yeah, oh, no, there, like there absolutely is. Um, but this one is just, it really has something to say. And once once you switch it on, you you kind of can't really look away for long. Um, it's really, it's a it's an absolute achievement they've done. Really great work with this. Okay, that's Lancome with uh, The Live Long Day. That is our album of the week. Uh, it remains to ask me, uh, ask you, Andrea, this week. Uh, what have you? What's been consuming you personally? Well, it's been like three weeks since we've had a podcast proper, I suppose, because we had two weeks off. We did a live podcast. That well, counts. no, but the the live podcast you don't you don't really get to you know. We do talk about this. Talk though. talk in depth about the things you've been watching. But I watched Unbelievable on Netflix. Have you watched it? No. Oh, I've heard about it. Yeah. So yeah, Unbelievable is, and I. <laughs> I, I use the phrase unbelievable to describe things all the time. Like, oh, the album was unbelievable. So I have to try and not do that. But um, it's a mini series that's available on Netflix um, that is about um, a series of um, sexual assaults that happened around Washington and Colorado back in 2008, between 2008 and 2011. Um, and it, it kind of opens with an episode about a girl who was... Um, attacked and then reports it and then isn't believed and the police basically convince her that it didn't happen and she convinces herself then and her family and friends that it was a dream fast forward a few years lady detectives get on the case and they realize that there's a load of these attacks happening um across Washington and Colorado and that they're all linked and it's about the real life story of these two real detectives just doing this absolutely unbelievable uh, I did it (laughs) 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 there's absolutely unreal police work in like if you're a fan of like any kind of police show or just looking at detectives doing things well this is the show for you like it is it, and it's beautifully shot. Every single person in it is, 
you know, at the top of their game. It has the gal from Booksmart in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember her name now. She's fantastic. Jonah Hill's sister? No, the other girl, the the kind of red hair girl. Um, she plays the aforementioned episode one girl who who reports. Um, and she's absolutely brilliant in it. If there isn't, you know, Emmys thrown at this, I'd I'd be very very surprised. But I can't I cannot recommend it enough for everybody. It's unbelievable. Great. Um, and somebody else agrees with you. Yeah, someone someone's <laughs> beeping outside. Um, in terms of listening, I've I've been doing a good bit of listening to. Um, it sounds like a boat. <laughs> <laughs> It does sound like a boat. We're nowhere near the docks. Uh, but listen to Maya Sophia's new album, which is uh, due out in um, November. And I think it's it's an absolutely essential listen when it does come out. It's absolutely stunning. I've been addicted to it uh, over the past little while. And I've also been listening to Dahi's new album, mm. uh, which is fantastic. There were a lot of albums released last Friday. Just I'm still l- catching up with a lot of them. There's a lot of like Irish music out at the minute. I'm still listening to the Tandem Felix album. Tandem Felix. Um, the other ones I've been listening to. Uh, Caroline. What's her name? What's her second name? She's from Chairlift. Um, drawing a blank on it. The album is called Pang. Okay. Polacek. Uh, okay. Caroline Polacek from Chairlift, who has the solo album called Pang. Mm. Um, also been listening to that clipping. Yes, that clipping album as well in the last couple of weeks. Uh, or last, yeah, last week especially. Oh, the FKA Twigs album as well, which was due out on Friday, but is being pushed until next Friday now. Yeah. Uh, so I have more time to spend with it before it comes out. But um, There's also been new albums very from... Interesting. Uh, Floating Points and Battles as well released, which I've had a quick listen to. Uh, Floating Points has a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Apex Twin vibes on that one, surprisingly. Um, and Foles have new album Everything Not Save Will Be Lost. I know you're not a fan. What's What's it like? I haven't listened to it. It How seems it? grand. I'm. Yeah. I can't. It's enjoyable. It seems like yeah, you can. Is enjoy it better this. than the last album? I think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Maybe I'll give it a go. Yeah. Um. So those ones I've been listening to. Uh, interesting. You mentioned like uh, the Hills, Jonah Hill. Um. His. I watched his directorial debut last weekend. Uh, Mid nineties. Oh, yeah. It is absolutely brilliant. And really, it's one of the best films I've seen in a long, long it's about time. Skateboarding or something. It's is it? a lovely, heartbreaking, beautiful story about a kid who just wants to hang out with these older skate kids. Oh. It's. Really well done. Oh my, I was a kid who wanted to hang out with the older skate kids. <laughs> well, you can relive that life. Okay. Or that, that What's it called? Mid nineties. Mid nineties. Shot in a way that looks like it's in a box format. Mm. It's shot so every, all the references, all the posters, all like the Game Boys and like the references to skate culture in the mid nineties mm. are all there, and they all feel like you feel like you're watching a film from nineteen ninety five. Um, it's so well done. Great. And so I like clothes, Jonah Hill. He's a very interesting guy, and he. I tell you what, if you watch the film, you should also listen to his NPR interview with Terry Gross uh, on Fresh Air uh, about the film and his him talking about himself as well, which is interesting. But the film is particularly great. It mm. is one of the best things I've seen in a long, long time. Brilliant. Yeah, it's fantastic. He was talks about being inspired by that film Kids. You remember? Yeah, yeah, uh, I remember Kids. Yeah like kind of coming of age films like that and mm. um, this is the best coming of age film i've seen since book smart <laughs> holy shit yeah um it's great the it's hills really are killing good. it yeah yeah they're doing well um the other thing i needed to ask you and i wanted to wait until we were on mic to ask you about uh very culturally uh, relevant Uh oh um you saw the joker i did tell me 
all about it. Um, what are your okay. thoughts? Spoilers, if you haven't heard it, don't listen to what I'm about to say. I haven't seen The Joker, but I don't really care about getting spoilers. So. Okay. Um, it is unrelentingly grim. Mm. It is a... They sold it very well as, you know, this edgy superhero, you know, dark story. It is... Draws a lot of parallels to... Taxi Driver and King of Comedy. Um, Robert De Niro is in it himself. Um, obviously, the main thing that you may have heard about it is that he has draws strange parallels or basically potentially damaging parallels and maybe archaic ideas about mental health and violence. Um, I do think there is more nuanced topics to be explored there. The transformation of the Joker in the film is very well done mm. um i've heard that walking phoenix is sensational he, he is fantastic yeah it. yeah absolutely so i think i'm interested to see it i'm always interested to see him perform yeah. in basically anything because like, i find him amazing like the way mid 90s perfectly encapsulates on looks like a 90s film this looks like a late 70s mm. uh, film in, in the vein of taxi driver in this scuzzy new york element of gotham and all that kind of stuff yeah um it's not a superhero movie in any way i don't think anyone is really expecting that at this point wait um, he doesn't fly no um but there are some questionable um plot points around messianic figures and um like him being used as some kind of um yeah, as a messianic figure, basically, okay. that is questionable, as well as just generally the mental health, how that's dealt, which is okay. problematic. Um, well, say, no, no encore is Dave Hanready wrote an excellent piece for Joe.ie about the mental health aspect of the, um, of the film, for which he got a lot of abuse online from really? stands of oh, the film. Yeah, yeah, like big time. Um, fucking stands? Fuck but um, I mean, uh, obviously I hadn't seen the film when I read the piece, but either way, the piece is, the piece is excellent. Yeah, um, it's one of those, like it is, you're not going to get any enjoyment out of it necessarily, mm. other than Wagon Phoenix's uh, amazing um, performance. Okay. Uh, it did prompt me to go and watch The Dark Knight. And oh, it's again, just so good. It's isn't just it? a great superhero movie. It's so good. I mean, there's parts of it that don't make any sense, like him turning all the phones in the city into like a, a sensor kind of thing. Oh, uh, like yeah, honestly, whatever. in the Dark Knight, I can do without any scene that has Christian Bale. <laughs> I I can't stand Christian Christian Bale as Batman annoys me to <laughs> the nth degree, and yet those films, I believe, are perfect well the third one's not that perfect but the first two are just oh yeah. deliciously wrapped up in a in a little package for me gorgeous yeah. i might actually watch the third one again um i just my, my thing with the third one is that i couldn't understand what bane was saying at yeah, any well, given that's, moment that's, like that's the thing that's, that's the no, but genuinely the like i was in the cinema and i couldn't tell if they were having technical difficulties when yeah, he was speaking, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what's going on here. The um, higher regard you think of yourself as an actor, the less you can be uh, uh, intelligible. So I suppose, yeah, I guess. So that's the thing. Yeah, I might actually watch that one in the next week. Mm. Um, I'm, I have a soft spot for Anne Hathaway anyway. Yeah, oh, so, she's great. Remember everybody hated her, her for a few years for no reason? I don't know. No, 
Yeah, like if everybody turned on Anne Hathaway, I'd say about three years ago, and all of a sudden just in the same way that like the Jennifer Lawrence thing happened where everybody suddenly decided that they hated Jennifer Lawrence, it happened with Anne Hathaway and I was like, literally, what are you on about? Like she's (laughs) unbelievable, like and she's such an amazing actor, she's so beautiful, she's so kind, like shut up. (laughs) Okay. Shut up. Shut up. Uh, so haters. That. Um, I think that's probably it for me. I've just been listening to those albums and uh, uh, I listened to the Creep Dive podcast about. Uh, it's about damn time you got on the Creep Dive podcast now. Well, there was the thing about being at a live podcast a festival in Cork. It was like, there's all these other podcasts I'd never heard mm. of. So even just seeing them on the on the poster or you talking about them was like, yeah. oh, yeah. I should listen to that. Oh, they're like. amazing. I, th- I ge- they're genuinely um, one of my favorite podcasts in well, Ireland at the a moment. Story, uh, a true story, and which you should listen to about this very street we're on, about a ghost. That I might listen to it on the way in home. the last month. <gasps> so yeah, Jesus. enjoy that. We just we're we're in a new building that has a crypt. Oh yeah, right. After recording, we're gonna go down and explore the crypt. Are we? Yeah, we are. Okay. Come on, Shit. we've had a bottle of prosecco. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, well that's it from on uh, that this note. week's Night Alone podcast <laughs> and possibly forever. <laughs> um, if somebody finds this SD card, please uh, share it with the world. Share with the world. Don't read lost, my diaries. Where we were lost forever. A <laughs> um, couple of plug plugs. A um, couple of a few different things. It's a busy weekend for me. Um, yes, uh, two things uh, Beastie Boy related on Friday night. We are doing a Beastie Boys Appreciation Night in Lost Lane. Um, that's basically inspired by the last few nights we did that, and it was great crack. So I hope people turn up for that on the Friday in Lost Lane. From if you were at PM. all together now, yeah, all together now, you gotta be there. Absolutely. Yeah. Also inspired by the Beastie Boys is the t shirts finally arrived, and they look fantastic. We have one right here. They are unreal. They the are print really is nice. vibrant. The The cotton is premium. It feels like it would wash well. It does wash well. Which is I have really it. important to me. That's because why I got it on that one. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I, I, I collected band t-shirts when I was younger and the amount of them that this just did not wash well. This isn't your standard Gildan cotton t-shirt. This, this is isn't your premium. F of the L, we'll uh, say. It's called a Sparker, Stanley Sparker. Mm. It is a very nice tea. It's very pretty. Anyway, they're currently on sale on our website at the moment in the shop, which we just put up as well. So, uh, and then on Saturday, we're having Lumo's fourth birthday. Happy so, birthday. looking forward to that. There's a lot on this weekend, though. I'm also in Kilkenny with Laboom on Sunday for their last gig for quite a while. So, I'm going to a spooky house in Leitrim in the middle of nowhere with 11 of my friends. And we're going to spook the bejesus out of ourselves in celebration of Halloween. Ah, that's my that's my weekend. Living up to your autumn standards. I I'm am sure. so excited. Great. Okay. Well, look, we'll be back next week with a Kanye heavy episode. Fingers crossed. <laughs> so, you know, all signs are pointing to it actually happening. So, uh, yeah. I, we've said that before. We'll see what happens. Uh, okay, that's it from me and Andrea uh, this week. Uh, if you like what you heard, patreon.com forward slash nine support us there from a fiver. Um, people on the Patreon get 30% off uh, the t-shirts as well. So, nice. you know, you're getting money back for supporting us. So thank you for that. Uh, we do appreciate everyone who supports us as well. And yeah, thanks a million. That's thank all I'll you. say. I'm going to leave you with a, a track from a band called Happy Alone from Cork, who had a lovely new surprising uh, track called uh, also Halloween fitting Lucifer out this week. So this is uh, that song. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.
on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns